Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 89, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Fadi Abadiel. It's good to be back. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good, good. I mean, as good as I can. I got my booster shot a couple days ago, and uh, I'm 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 feeling it. Ibuprofen is doing the most right now. <laughs> are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? I sure am. I sure am. Mm-hmm. But how are you? Yep, still still, do, still doing pretty good. <laughs> good. Wonder. I feel I'm like I'm excited for this episode because. Uh, People have been popping off with the questions. They really have been. They really, really have been. Uh, This is uh, by by factor of me feeling under the weather. We're having a no camera recording session. So if I accidentally talk over Fonny, listener at home, that is why. (laughs) That's okay. I love it when we talk together. It makes me feel so close to you. Fresh. Fresh. Yacht number one. Oh, goodness. Good gracious. Um, people are asking what we're going to do for episode 100 in the chat. So I don't know. During the, the catch up segment, we can just talk a little bit about that now. Uh, episode 100 is going to be recorded at Capcom. That is the the special that we're doing there and for episode 100 Wait, is it actually oh shit okay hang on we've got 11 episodes to go how many weeks do we got uh technically not enough unless we double up but i was thinking we could always record it and then like do like a couple more weeks of regular episodes and then release it either way it's going to be episode 100 all right Ooh. okay uh yeah yeah, we're we're cooking some ideas here. We sure are. So, uh, and then we're also going to do the winner of the uh, of the fanfic contest, which we'll talk about more in the news segment. And then uh, that episode obviously is going to be another crossover. Uh, we're we may have Juice up on stage, which will be big hype. We'll have Chloe and Kimmy. Uh, we'll have Personalius on the stage. It's going to be the tits. Oh my god, juice juice coming in hot with a drawing quite literal baby brain. It's literally my brain. I look high as tits and it's my brain in a diaper. Oh uh, god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> juice is has one thing on his mind. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. And it's just jazzy and weed. <laughs> I was going to weed and jazzy. This is the third or fourth jazzy and weed drawing third third <laughs> and it's really funny third of the day yeah it's but there there have been others there there have been others that is true i was gonna say there's a lot it's a sign it says summer uh if you want the full context of what we're talking about here uh you can and if and if you're listening to the uh the recorded episode um you can tune sorry 
my brain is very shot today, but I'm still here and I'm doing the best that I can right now. Uh, you can shoot us an email at dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com or send me a message request on my Discord, which is Jasmine Starshine number 0001, uh, to get entry into our Discord server. It is free. You can come hang out with over 137 people now. That's a big number. Uh, you can come to the live shows. You can hang out with people. You can hang out in our voice chat. I'm I'm doing my best right now with the whole talking thing. Thank you for putting up with me. Um, and while I'm struggling, Juice comes in hot with SpongeBob TF'd into a diaper. Oh my! <laughs> is he TF'd or is he like just? Is it just SpongeBob Brandon? That's definitely TF. That's absolutely oh TF. I'm calling that right now. Oh, so if that's sure. the energy you want in, in, as part of your life, come on down to our Discord. Uh, but funny, as you know, we are but funny. You are funny. We are indeed a show that is supported by our wonderful, amazing Patreon. And I would be flummoxed if you could read off the names that deserve to be shouted out. Flabbergasted even flabbergasted. Uh, and while you, you might want to do it a little more slowly because I, I need to add in the shout outs that people sent me. So before you get to the $20 tier, just give me like one minute. Go. <laughs> I'll give you an, an editing pause. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I think I can do it, but just in case. Okay. All right. From the wonderful, uh, Patreon in the $1 vanilla tier that gets you your username shouted out on the podcast. We've got Casa, Danielle, Darlene Laddle, Doodle, Gosh Cheeks, Manic Pixie Panda, Nabby Red Panda, Ray Star, and Red. Up in the $5 Kingster tier that gets you access also to the photo channel on the Dear Jazzy Discord. We've got Annie, Baby Alexi, Chels, Hoff Bondage, Lindsay, Lux, Meerkat, Ragtime Retro, Skybarker Ranch, The Starling Family, Stitchlet, and Tyranid Twinkie. In the $10 fetishist tier, that gets you an extended shout-out and access to the video channel on the Dear Jazzy Discord. We've got Maya Chu, Neocryptid, Pandagoran, and Silky. In the $15 Sinner tier, that gets you co-directorial input as well on all things jazzy. We've got Kiffy and Koneko, and Koneko says, Bawoo. I made it. I made it. I made it in, in time. In the $20 Deviant tier... That gets your name written on Jazzy's body for Jazzy's planned content for the Discord. We've got AO who writes, what does it matter how many lovers you have if none of them gives you a gay rat? We've got Briar who writes in, drink water, pee pants. Daddy Gray writes in, remember to eat your veggies, kids. We've got Glacia and Juicebox and Jess. Cat Puff writes, shout out to commuter trains letting me get railed on a daily basis. We've got Let's Call Me Joe, who says, eight weeks until cap. Are we all excited yet? <laughs> Luna says, Poe. We've got Lupin. We've got Personalias, who writes, back to functioning. We've got Pope Felix, who writes, Mr. T is stored in the balls. We've got <laughs> Sluggy and Soup and Spade. And we've got Summer, who writes in, Destiny, Fate, Dreams. As long as there are people who seek freedom in this life, these things shall not vanish from the earth. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. And... Whew, sorry, I'm like sweating from like clicking and typing and getting all the <laughs> the shout outs in order. But we made it. And I am. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And that's feeling under the weather. I am committed, as I said, at the beginning of the season to doing the weekly episodes. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 
So, oh, but shit, it's the news. Uh, that joke makes a lot more sense if you listen to the recorded episode in post. WDJN, it's the news. Uh, we have a giveaway that we're running right now. Uh, do you fancy yourself a writer? Do you not fancy yourself a writer? Doesn't matter. You can win uh, one of three ABU gift cards if you write Dear Jazzy themed fan fiction and submit it. Uh, it has to be between one and 5,000 words. That is 1,000 and 5,000 words. Uh, there can't be any romantic or sexual intimacy between me and Fawny. Has to be submitted before Capcom because that's when we'll announce the winner. It has to be Dear Jazzy themed. Uh, very excited, and we're going to talk about it every week until it's time, because we're just going to be hyping this up as much as we can. Fonny, did I miss anything, or do you want to add anything to that? Please don't make us fuck. Please. <laughs> Please don't make <laughs> us fuck. <laughs> Trust me, we love fucking other people. <laughs> Yeah, but you definitely don't have to be a writer for this one. We're definitely going for, like, good content over, um, like, grammar. Form. Yeah, exactly. Grammar, punctuation, spelling. We can look past a lot of that for the context of, like, the spirit of the story that you're trying to tell, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer apparently has her plot all figured out. I'm excited. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big excited. <laughs> Is it hand-holding? Uh, I'm ooh, for hand-holding. Ooh, meow. Uh, a couple people have asked me the names of, uh, of my pool toys, and that makes me really excited. I think two separate people have asked me like to confirm the names of Speckles and Amber, so I'm like, oh boy, this is going to slap. <laughs> um, That's really cute, yeah. It is. Um... Next piece of news is uh, my big brother, Tonky Puddlegum of the Puddlegum family, is doing a set of ID trading cards for Capcom. And I'm going to link it in the show chat right now. Uh, it just got announced today, but basically he can design a little, uh, little business card type situation uh, for you that has like a little your profile picture your name a little tagline your role your pronouns a little insignia and then on the back it'll show all of your consent levels for different common activities with like using the stoplight system and then at the bottom it'll have like more personal branding and like links to your different social media and each one is individually numbered so uh, Tonky has number one I believe I have numbers. number five Yes. Uh, do I have number five? Yeah, because I thought I was going to be number six, and I was like, oh, dang, I can't be number 69. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I believe since we're going to be 18 and 19, My myself and Pizza Bagel. Adorable. Oh, uh, Juice, we're right next to each other. But Aww. Yeah, so Cute. a lot of these people at Cap will have these cards. So collect the whole set. God damn it, Juice, again with the weed art. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, you've been typecast. I've been typecast. No. I'm not that much of a stoner, guys. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. Anyways, so get in touch with Tonky. Um, I'll have links in the Discord. Uh, definitely 
commission my big bro because they're incredible and just a wonderful human being and getting more cards in the set to collect is just a lot more fun so if you see me at capcon and you want to collect these ask me for my card and i'll have them all right Mm. uh and then we're going to do you know where we're going fonny do you want to announce it are we going to the last thing on the list right there that you're highlighting right now so that I read it? Uh, no, I'm not just uh, highlighting it. I'm also, hold on, let me hit you with some of this. Action. Oh, you're bolding it and italicizing and underlining it. Oh, oh yeah. God. Say it loud. Say it proud. It's the special interest eater. Special interest theater, sounds of space marines dying. Did you like the did you like the theme music I put together for special interest theater? I'm gonna be the worst friend right now and tell you that I still haven't listened to it. Hey, that's that's okay. I understand. <laughs> that that I'm so is sorry. it's totally okay. I understand. Um it's kind of like the uh the relationship I have with the starlings where it's just like, they'll say, I'm sorry that we're not cut up on dear Jazzy. And I'll tell them, I'm sorry. I'm not cut up on the usual pet because <laughs> we're just so busy. I, I totally understand. Don't worry about it. When you hear it, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, but welcome to special interest theater. This is the little segment in the show where we try to get as much of our special interest talk out right now before we get into the meat of answering questions so i don't go off on warhammer tangents in the middle of serious questions i'm your host jasmine starshine bonnie do you want to go first in special interest theater uh let me tell you i just dance uh just went back and uh listened to the the theme music and it is very good oh thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) it was hard to not laugh i was i was listening to it i was like this is so on brand it, it very much is <laughs> i got a degree i i went to college to make bullshit like that you got a degree in sounds yep i think my favorite part is eat bolt gun blam <laughs> <laughs> so what i did to make that is uh do you mind if i actually seal the talking stick how better thank you how i made that is i extracted all the vocal files from dawn of war 2 for the pc and I just found oh the God. funniest Space Marine voice lines and I just like spliced them all together. And then I found some appropriately uh, 40K sounding music and slapped that underneath. And then we had the special interest uh, theater theme song. <laughs> um, it was this like a copy of Dawn of War that you had like on your computer that you took the, the sound files from? Or was it like a, a YouTube video with the voice files? Like how, how did you get the voice files? Oh girl, you know, I have Dawn of War installed on my computer. <laughs> I know that you would do, but like, I, I was wondering which avenue you were going to use. Uh, I, I extracted them from my personal files. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Naturally, naturally. Um, but yeah, so did that. I think the only other thing, um, that I've been doing that special interest theater worthy is um, I've been working really, really hard on my diorama for a uh, for a, a worldwide competition later this year called Armies on Parade. And I've been really, really proud of my progress so far. I've been running my poor 3D printer into the ground to get all the pieces parts. And then uh, coming in the mail soon, I have a bag of modeling compound because I decided to do my um, 
my diorama totally traditional style. So I'm going to be making the terrain mm. like from foam core, from modeling compound, from scratch with flocking and like all of the stuff like static grass, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for models on parade, what are the sort of like limits that they give you? Are there, are there major limits of like size or content or uh, two feet squared? Or cubed. Two feet squared. Two feet cubed. Yeah. Uh, so and do you find that difficult to work with? Uh, I find it very relieving. <laughs> because otherwise ah. I would go overboard. And also I plan on using almost every square inch or cubed inch of those two feet. Uh, because it's like, you know, this is the size. I, I'm definitely a creative that like thrives in limitation. Like give me limits and parameters and I will figure out how to make something cool. If I'm given a totally blank canvas, I will falter. Um, mm -hmm. But basically it's that's the size limit. Uh, the the aim of it is to display your completed uh, your completed army. And that's why it's armies on parade. It's a celebration that you completed your project and your reward for finishing it is getting to uh, photograph it, put it up in the store on display for people to walk in and physically see. And if it's good enough, you can get a trophy, which is wicked cool. So knowing that the reward for me finishing my Alpha Legion is to put it on display in an official Warhammer store come November. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, so yeah, I've been working really hard on that. Uh, I've been watching, um, I've been going hard on like the snow miser memes until I started looking at it. I was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. This is stop motion. So I've been looking at a lot of like the set dressings for different stop motion films for inspiration and, uh, looking at like robot chicken episodes because that's all stop motion. And I was thinking like, I'm doing literally all the things that, these film companies have been doing for decades now in my basement for Warhammer. And so that's, that has a really interesting like analog over to um, like classical mo scale model building for like dioramas of like, you know, the ones that Walt Disney used to make when he was thinking up Epcot and thinking up the magic kingdom. And I was like, and I've also been watching a lot of documentaries from defunct land talking about, you know, the, the history of the Disney parks and everything. And, you know, there's, there's always an image of Walt standing over a big diorama. I was like, I'm doing that. I, that is literally what I'm doing right now. And so it's been, uh, I don't know. It's been a really cool, uh, full circle experience with my hobby stuff lately. But, uh, at this point I want to talking stick. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about the, the new techniques that you're learning, um, just for this. So that's really cool. I'm glad that you just kind of like had that ready to go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Talking stick to me. I suppose my special interest theater tonight is going to be about Ursula K. Le Guin, best Ooh. author in my heart. Are you familiar with her works? Uh, very tangentially. Please elaborate. Okay. Yeah. I only really got into her a couple of years ago uh, and she is like super dead by now unfortunately so i'm never going to be able to like go get her sign up to sign a book or anything um she is an author from portland um portland oregon and the first thing that i ever read of hers was the lathe of heaven which is a 
teeny tiny little novella about a guy who has weird dreams that seem to affect real life. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's set in Portland. And I was reading this and I was like, wow, this place is really fleshed out. Like, has she been there? And then I look her up and I'm like, oh, that's where she's from. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, OK, it all makes sense now. But uh, anyways, then I started looking into her other works because she goes into both the like hard sci-fi and also like high fantasy side of things. Um, I haven't gone through her entire library, so I don't know if she ever like mixes the two, like some other series series that I've, I've read, but um, the sci-fi that I've read from her is like very much, this is sci-fi. And then the, the fantasy, if you've heard of the earth sea series, the earth sea um, cycle, um, some of the best fantasy I've ever read. You do have to take it in context of like, this was written in like the seventies and eighties by a woman who was trying to get into um, the fantasy genre, trying to break through into this genre that was just like chock full of male authors with, um, with a character who perhaps she maybe didn't want to, to start out with because she starts out with Ged. Uh, a young man and a lot of the um critiques that i hear of the series is just like oh yeah it's another special boy at wizard school and i'm like okay but in that day that's kind of what you needed to to give to your audience and not mm -hmm. long into the series she does introduce these these very strong very well-written well-rounded women um who i just love to bits and pieces and um the last book in the series, the sixth book, had me just sobbing by the end of it. It's so good. Uh, what and it's was just, the name of the series again? Earthsea. I have heard of that. Yeah, there was... Um, it wasn't done by Hayao Miyazaki, but it was done by, uh, I think, his nephew or something. Yeah! Um, from Studio Ghibli. Um the movie adaptation was not one to one. Mm -hmm. It was it was a very loose adaptation. It, it took some of like the the settings and the themes and the character names, but it did change a lot of things to try to make it like a six books in one sort of a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really recommend it as a way to get into the Earthsea series because as soon as I started reading Earthsea after having watched that animated movie, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" the fuck is this book is this the right book and yeah no it's the the writer kind of just took the themes and made their own thing it looks like it was published uh the six entries between 1968 and 2001 that's yes and the it looks like the big hiatus was between 1972 and 1990 and 28 years waiting for a book is incredible dedication from the fans. And then there's another yeah. hiatus uh, from 1990 uh, to 2001. So another, um, that's 11. I can do math. That's 11 years. <laughs> um, the thing about the, the Earthsea series is that like after each book, Ursula thought that she was done, right? Like she wrote it as a complete story. It was just kind of, a little vignette where it's like, here's your theme, here's your your setup, your plot, your conclusion. Okay, we can leave this one and work on the next series. But then she would think about it and be like, well, there's more to say mm. about Earthsea. 
This is really cool. I'm going to sink my teeth into this. Yeah, and they make really good audiobooks too. Um, Ooh, I've been looking to spend my audible working credits. On... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Tombs of Atuan was probably my favorite one out of all of them. Um, because that's when we're we're introduced to Tenar. And like, yeah, Tenar. I yeah, I feel a lot of things for Tenar. Mm-hmm. Um, currently working on one of Le Guin's um, like hard sci-fi's called The Dispossessed uh, unfortunately I, I can't really tell you much about it I can like pick up the book it's in my hand right now and tell you like about the the little blurb on the back of it but I'm like maybe one chapter in out of roughly 400 pages um, and we're just on on a little bit of anthropological world building Mm -hmm. and it's it's just so much sort of like um delicious fluff to set up this story so far but i have no fucking clue what's happening but i can tell you a little bit about the world um yeah please do yeah we've got a couple of of people who don't really know how to interact with each other yet because we've got this one guy who has some sort of a mission. We don't know what the mission is yet. Um, and he is, he is the, the captive. Um, what do they call him? The passenger. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> he's being transported off of the world that he grew up on um, to go somewhere. And this ship that he's on is very strange to him, but he's finding it very interesting because he's like, wow, everything on here is very practical. A little too practical. A little too sterile. Yeah. Hmm. I'm looking yeah. at her Wikipedia right now. Uh, she is incredibly prolific. Yes. Like, incredibly prolific. Like, yeah. Um, there's a, a very, very short story that she wrote called The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas. Mm-hmm. That many people are familiar with because it's got a, th a theme of um, if you knew where everything nice that you had came from would you still want it? Mm. Mm -hmm. Like that really and thought provoking trope of like oh, it's, it's kind of the same trope that's touched on in Food Inc. It's just like this is how your food is made. Do you still want to eat it? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Joe is familiar with it. Joe says that story is amazing. It is a gut punch. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. Like, at the end of the story, uh, they ask you, would you walk away from Omelas? Um, <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> right. want to be the terrible person who says no, because I I can see, like, the, the analog of, like, Omelas at our world, and I'm using this phone that was made with really cheap labor, and I still use it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's such a hard, like, philosophical conundrum, but it also isn't. But it also is. And yeah, the one of my favorite books ever written is The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. And that was the book that uh, spurred the creation of the FDA. And so it sounds like for that specific instance, if you knew what where your food came from, would you still eat it? In that instance, people said no. 
and it's just so mm-hmm. so interesting you know the whole con I, i'm sorry i i do not want to hijack special interest theater please go ahead i mean i kind of got us on to got us onto this and I'm now reading about The Jungle, 1906 work of narrative fiction by American muckraker no- novelist Upton Sinclair. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is a muckraker? Is that... Um, and now I'm reading about muckrakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Googling uh, really quick. Reform-minded journalists, writers, and photographers in the progressive era. Okay. Um, late Victorian, early Edwardian who claimed to expose corruption and wrongdoing in established in t- institutions. Okay. I was not readily cool. familiar with the term muckraker. And I was, the yeah. reason why I was, there was some dead air in the podcast that I'm not going to edit out was because I was like frantically Google searching is muckraker an insult. <laughs> and I was just like, cause uh. I need to know if I was going to edit out like, Oh no, is this racist? <laughs> Thankfully it's not. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, God, if if that ever happens, can you just blurt or like bleep out do. whatever we say with just a, a voiceover of someone saying racism? I actually I actually created a new uh, bleep file. It's a space marine going remove that, remove that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, the term can refer to journalists or others who dig deep for the facts or who rake through the muck. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. We learned something. We did. It's an educational show. How about that? (laughs) Shall we? Shall we educate? Shall we? Uh, The question is, shall we do? uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look in the chat. Oh my God! Tail <laughs> from Jazz Z. It's a it's a Aww. giant inflatable dragon, and you get to be Tahanu. Oh, that's so cute! Amazing. That's so cute. Uh, while you were doing your special interest theater, I actually had to mute my microphone because I was screaming at my desk. Uh, scroll a little bit up to see the last <laughs> juice art. I saw, and it was another one on that same thing. And I just like completely ignored it. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I heard you pause for a half second and then just continue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> the auto blur function happened. And I was just like, I just, that is unseen. <laughs> and but it is you with a very cool pose with your arms crossed, your shades say 420 on the lenses. You've got a joint in your mouth. It is lit. Um, and you've got a weed print diaper on. I kind of look like I kind of look like Eddie from Ed and Eddie a little bit. Do you see it? Uh huh. Yeah, I've got that I like schmarmy, shitty expression on. Like I know yeah. what I did, you know. How do you tell Ed Ed and Eddie apart? So Eddie is the short. Oh, he talks like this, and he's like the scam artist. Uh, uh single D is the really big tall flat-headed one and then double d is the one with the uh the little beanie on and he's like a little thin and wispy little thing got it i might actually remember that Ta-da! i just had a childhood full of brain rotting cartoons and that's why i want to become <laughs> a college professor naturally uh-huh. <laughs> you want to know about sailor moon i can tell you about sailor moon mm, sailor moon 
that'll be next next week for um special interest theater i'm gonna write that down on the next week we you're can, gonna write that down yeah i'm gonna write that down <laughs> no, right either. now i'm gonna we have the technology next week colon funny hyphen sailor fuck sailor moon there we go i saw it yeah boom (laughs) all right thank you you're welcome this episode dear jazzy is brought to you by padding power the abdl themed trading card game from zaki if you're looking to collect and play a great new card game while supporting creators in our community please visit paddingpowertcg.com you can also join the community Discord where you can connect with fellow players and get a game or two in. Plus, me and Fani both have signature cards. Again, paddingpowertcg.com. Uh, but Fani, as you know, this is an uh-huh. advice show. Much, <laughs> much uh, against, <laughs> by unpopular demand, we are back now. Uh, but last week, we left off on... Um, a question from our patron red uh who posted a question that was incredibly thought-provoking and profound and we were so exhausted by the time the episode was over that we decided to move it to this week because we didn't think we could do it justice um but i would be honored if you could read that question and we can do it now yes i agree with that and i'm very excited to get back around to this one And uh, it is a much longer one. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Is that all right? Go ahead. Okay. Um, Red writes in, Dear uh, Fawny and Jazzy, I've recently had an interesting interaction with someone that I thought would be a good discussion. I'd gotten into a not serious argument with someone on my local kink group's Discord. Not like a you suck and I hate you argument, but a civil discussion where we had opposing views. It got pretty deep and philosophical by the end of it. When that died down after a while, I posted in the lewd channel the outfit that I was wearing while I was in that combo. It was a standard little outfit, with a onesie, pacifier clipped on, and an obvious diaper. I find it funny that whenever I do get into these conversations, it's usually while I'm dressed baby. This other person didn't appreciate that. They said that they felt a little weird about the whole thing once they found out I was little during the combo, like they had unknowingly engaged in my kink. In retrospect, I feel like maybe I should have kept the fact that I was little during that whole combo to myself. My goal was to just make a funny observation, but did I unintentionally involve this person in my kink? For context, the discussion was over what makes a piece of art good, and it's difficult to say who engaged this this discussion. It just sort of happened naturally in response to some art someone else had posted. Yeah, that comes from red pronouns they, them. Uh, So (laughs) the the age-long discussion of... (laughs) What makes art good? Yeah, that gets people pretty spicy. Um, No, you did nothing wrong. You did not knowingly involve someone else in kink. You were wearing clothes. You, you, you were, you're having a discussion on the internet. And like, if it was a civil discussion, disagreement, like a academic discourse almost i wouldn't classify that as an argument like for me i classify an argument as like people are big angry actively mad and like typing on their keyboards really fucking hard and everything it it doesn't sound like like that to like that to begin with you're having a disagreement and you're hashing it out which is which is good it's good to disagree with people and to you know talk about the things and learn new things i think that's all fine and dandy it's 
if they take issue with you wearing a different set of clothes than they were, then it sounds like that they have some preconceived notions about ABDL that they need to work through. Cause I don't see anything wrong with this like at all. Fani, am I on the money? I think yes. For the most part, I would like a little more context since we've got red here. If you don't mind red, uh, I'd like to ask you directly. Um, whenever you posted the photo of yourself in, in the other channel, did you also like make a bit of a joke about um, wearing something interesting while having um, a serious discussion. Because it, it does kind of sound like it. Like whenever I'm having an argument, LOL, I'm just baby. Like, I think that's funny. Like the, it is, the, it is funny. It's the irony of it. You know, hmm. it's the juxtaposition of having higher level conversation. Uh, Red says, yes, I joked about it. Yeah, um, so I can kind of see how, like, the other person might have felt a little teased by that. But at the same time, that it's it's not on you. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you were making a funny observation about the fact that, like, you were having this mm, philosophical conversation and being very adult while not dressed like an adult. Yeah, exactly. And that's the joke. That's the irony. It's funny. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like... And it's it's more about you than it is about the other person, so... It, it totally is. It's like, oh, Fonny, you're unknowingly engaging in my kink because I'm bundled up in a blankie right now. Ooh, oh, no. <gasps> oh, my God. How could you be cozy right now? I know. I'm just the worst. I'm practically an abuser. I'm literally the worst and it's human touching being your ever. Skin too, isn't it? It, it definitely that is. My ankles dirty. are showing also. And <gasps> a little bit later when I take my bath. I might just show my shoulders. I'm such a hussy. No, I'm a hussy. Oh God. Yeah. Ah. Oh God. Yeah. No, I'm so sorry. Decency police. Decency police. Yeah. Anyways, seriously. Um, I can right. hear the puritans going wee woo wee woo coming to my house right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you had this shitty interaction with this person who clearly took it way too seriously in a kink server. Uh, cause you did nothing mm -hmm. wrong. You are a okay in the clear. Yeah. Like if, if your outfits are already okay, like if, if people are aware that there are littles in the server, I think it's a bit weird to be like, if you're going to talk to me about a topic, you better be wearing a blazer yeah. <laughs> and no diaper. <laughs> if you're not wearing a professor sport coat with arm elbow pads, we're not talking <laughs> <laughs> get your fucking tie on right yeah uh, fucking half windsor or nothing if you're going to argue with me you better come correct <laughs> good lord <laughs> and uh, you don't have to come straight but you do have to come correct indeed uh red also says it's not the first time that uh they posted in lewd so they knew then they have even less reason to complain <laughs> Like, <laughs> see, says seed from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> oh, golden. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Red, thank you for that really, really, really good question. Uh, are we ready to move to the next one? I am a little sad that we didn't really get, like, deep and philosophical about this one like I thought we would because, like, it's got such, such good meat in it. And then we were like, but what if we joked about it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god, look at the chat. Look at the chat. (gasps) Christ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's uh So let's see. Is that you as Ed? Is that right? That's me as Eddie and you are double D. You as Eddie. I'm double D. Okay. That's Eddie. Okay. We're gonna remember that. Oh my god. Oh god. So just did a sketch (laughs) of Double D and Eddie from uh, from Edda and Eddie and Eddie is wearing his signature polo and a bit a comically large diaper with a comically large safety pin with my hair and <laughs> slash double D is over in the corner, just like very visibly uncomfortable, <laughs> which is a great analog <laughs> for this last question. <laughs> if you uh-huh. think about it. Oh, my God. Juice, I love you. <laughs> All right. Um, wow. This is this. Wow. Th- there's a lot of very long. You want to skip a, a shorter one uh, and then we can go back to a long one? Yes, please. Uh, what I'm going to do, we're going to do a new thing. I'm going to just to denote that we've done a question which will allow us to skip around. I'm going to emote a little check mark next to the ones that we've done. There we go. Boom. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes, of course. All right. Uh, let's do a shorter one. Here we go. What's up? Down here in the green. Yesterday at 401. Or 601 for you. Down here in the... Where are you looking? January 22nd. Like right at the line of January 22nd. January 26th. Second. Here we go. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's do this one. Uh, this question comes in from Baby Summer Girl. Pronouns she, her, dear, Fonny, and Jazzy. A close friend offered to babysit me. Everything was good until it was time to eat. It was an unintentional uh, mess. Uh, ramen may not have been the best idea. Do you have any tips for feeding a little? Now, uh, Summer, you are also in the chat. By saying this, are you insinuating that you made a mess of your food or had an unintentional mess in your padding? Because I, I need clarification on this. <laughs> Baby summer girls typing. Imagine trying to feed someone else ramen. Yeah. <laughs> the food, the food. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, ramen is an incredibly messy food. Uh, and... <laughs> Oh my god, pause. <laughs> Juice completed the trifecta with <laughs> drawing himself as single D. <laughs> Juice, can you please take that headshot and put it into the same frame as the two of us to complete the holy trinity? <laughs> oh, fucking god. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't the little mouth. It fucking kills me. Get a little up, Hi, Jazzy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. I'm crying. In my, in my head, I just imagine his voice being the kid from Brooklyn oh. screaming about quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I can't oh, fucking Jesus. see. Oh, my God. I have a migraine or like a headache right now. Laughing, it just makes my brain go against my skull. 
Alexi says, well done. You broke the podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. Okay. So. Uh, I can't look I'm, at it. I have to close the chat. I have to close the chat. Okay. Let I'll me let, know when it's safe. All right. I'll let you I'm know. I'll let you. work Sasuke or something. <laughs> Not Sasuke. That's a throwback. Uh, Juice, this is this is not us asking you to stop. I want to make it very clear. Please do not stop. <laughs> um, okay. Right. So, pardon me. Um, I'm gonna be disgusting for just a second. I cried a little, and it made my nose run. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you got me. Close. I'm sorry. No, it's adorable. <laughs> That's how you know a joke fucking landed if you if you fucking kill people with them. <laughs> okay. So, ramen is, by its nature, a fairly messy food. Uh, I am fairly adept at using chopsticks, and I still str- uh, struggle with it a little bit. I cannot imagine feeding it to another person. <laughs> um, but dipping into my knowledge of having a bunch of friends who have kids... Uh, the secret behind feeding a child is feeding them food that's fairly easy to feed to. Used a fork. Did she like twirl the ramen noodles? Then in that case, that's kind of approaching it from the same idea as spaghetti almost. And feeding spaghetti to a cis-aged toddler is a lesson in futility to begin with. So I can imagine that, <laughs> that being fairly messy. Uh, but from what I understand from my friends who have kids, the secret to feeding a young child is to f- choose foods that are very easily pick upable with a fork or hand food, like hand what's the word i'm looking for not hand snacks because that's just a word that i use with my husband but like yeah finger foods finger foods thank you not finger food not hand snack um but a lot of like kid-friendly food does fall into that category and is shaped and sized appropriately so a parent is able to more readily feed it uh whereas any sort of like long stringy noodle, like spaghetti or fettuccine or capellini, you're going to have a lot of trouble with, <laughs> uh, especially rice noodles. Cause those fuckers are slippy. Um, but what you can do is, uh, if you really want a very littling experience is there are chopsticks designed for children where they're connected at the base. And all you have to do is just like, press down and it like closes it's super easy those are very extremely littling super fun also on the couch yeah it sounds like you it sounds like you set yourself up for a very messy (laughs) presumably cute time though uh i have to know though did you do like a full like tonkotsu or did you do like uh the tonkotsu ramen or um just like the the kinkoman, uh, which there's like a little packet and there's no shame in that because all ramen is good ramen. Filling up the dead air. I'm filling up the dead <laughs> air. Waiting for Ravioli's some merger type. Please do not feel a rush of instant ramen. Okay, fair. 
because it's like I'm just imagining like the horror of Gray <laughs> feeding me tonkotsu ramen in like like an actual ramen shop. It's just like, oh boy, time to slurp all the broth and just goes everywhere. <laughs> Oh, right. Oh, yeah. You cannot take me out to go eat ramen. The soup just ends up, like, on the other half of the table, and I kind of have to apologize and be like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I there, will never know what I'm doing. There is no graceful way to eat ramen except by just putting it in your mouth and just accepting <laughs> yeah. that it's going to happen. But, yeah, tips for feeding a little. Know that a mess is going to be made. Prepare yourself accordingly. Yeah. Um, don't have computers or other electronics, other vulnerable electronics nearby. Um, don't keep your precious, precious books and papers around. Um, and maybe perhaps give them raviolis and cut up carrots and yeah, finger foods. That's, that's actually such a cute scene idea. Uh, if you fancy yourself a woodworker, you could also fashion a high chair. Ooh. Um, there's that. <laughs> this is ravioli, ravioli. Give me the formioli. Um, and Juice comes in hot with the edit. <laughs> Added himself. Uh, even better. <laughs> even better. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, I yeah. Know, the tiny mouth it is a much bigger mouth, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, something that some parents use are splat mats. Uh specifically mm-hmm. they put splat mats underneath high chairs and basically like plastic placemats that you can just like pick up and throw at the sink. Those are a godsend. Those do the most. Yeah. I actually have splat mats for my 3d printers, specifically the resin 3d printer. Cause that shit is so toxic and it gets everywhere and being able to just like pick up the whole mat and just like, clean it all down away from the workbench is fantastic smart indeed this episode of dear jazzy is brought to you by ab universe the world's leading provider of abdl and incon products if you want to support the show while restocking your petting stash check out at oddswithgod.com sponsors or the sponsors channel in our discord for 10 percent off your order of 50 or more all right funny uh do you want to choose the next question yeah, I'm going to scroll back up to one of the longer ones. Okay. And All right. We good with this this first one from Jill here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okie dokie. This one's from Jill, she, her, who writes in, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, how do I stop constantly feeling obligated to self-inflict punishments on myself every time I perceivably wronged and or upset someone? Often, ever since I was young, I found myself in situations where I feel a need to wallow in feelings of shame and guilt by forcing punishments on myself. Usually both preventing myself from eating anything, including water, and from doing anything I would find enjoyment in. And I go through that for as long as I can until I reach my breaking point and call off the punishment I put onto myself. I feel a lot of this has to do with decades of past trauma, especially as someone who has uh, who was frequently disciplined for trivial things and or for simply being my authentic neurodivergent self. That's a mood. So mm-hmm. I think that absorbed into me being conditioned that I need to do it to myself uh, whenever I feel I might have wronged someone. And for some reason, I keep thinking it's the only way for me to convincingly convey my guilt for things. As moving on feels like people would assume that I don't didn't care about how actions uh, how actions impact others. Even though the truth is, I'm constantly vigilant about how literally anything I do is potentially perceived by others. I know I'm not the only person to have this tendency, but I was wondering if there was any helpful advice you could lend me for how to avoid these trappings. Thank you. 
so I'm going to start a timer for 10 minutes, and that is going to be the trigger warning for uh, SH and ED related stuff. So if uh, things like self-harm and eating disorders are triggering to you, fast forward 10 minutes from right now. Okay, timer is started. So what you just described literally is just self-harm. And I know this because I had the exact same tendency for a very long time. Um, because no matter how, how much I would apologize for fucking something up, which would be very often because I am hashtag quite autistic. So it would be often like as I'm a very uh, just clumsy person and that's okay. And like I often make conversational faux pas. I still do. It happens. Uh, but no matter how much I would apologize or try to explain, it just seems like a lot of people would not, would not give me the time of day to hear me out because they did not understand and did not want to understand the fact that my brain is just wired differently. And I, I just can't, you know, I can't be normal as it were. I, I can't, I'm neurodiverse. I like being neurodiverse. I, this is who I am as a person and I cannot be neurotypical. I can attempt to mask, but I can't be neurotypical. And I have a similar trauma and, um, it stems from a lot of people in my life were very, very uh, apt. They didn't want someone to say, I'm sorry. They wanted uh, restitution. They wanted vengeance. They wanted reparation. And they, they weren't interested in saying it's okay. They're going to say, how are you going to fix this? How much money are you going to spend? How are you going to do this? How are you, what are you going to do for me? And it's just like very, uh, uh, summer asks divergent versus typical. Uh, so neurodivergent means just, uh, some flavor of, uh, some sort of psychiatric diagnosis, um, usually outlined by the DSM five. So like depressed, anxious, autistic, uh, Bipolar disorder. I'm sorry. Attention deficit. So ADHD, ADHD. Yes. Thank you. That is not something that I have. So it did not immediately come into my brain. Thank you for filling that in. Um, and a neurotypical is someone who is not one or many of the, uh, of the many, many wide spectrum, different, you know, the different types of diagnoses that you can have. Um, so these people, you know, they would want vengeance for being wronged for the smallest things. So I felt the only way to shut these people up would be to self-harm, whether it be um, a, a very literal sense or a metaphorical sense. Like I would, you know, just kind of like, you know, bleed myself and be like, this is how sorry I am. And then they would be like, ah, yes, you have experienced pain. I will now forgive you. And it is incredibly toxic. And wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy that you just had that realization. Um, it's, it's something that is incredibly toxic and it's something that 
in my adult life, now that I'm 27, I don't have the patience for people like that anymore. Uh, these people I like to refer to as Karens because that's what they are. They are literally those people. And if someone demands restitution and if someone doesn't believe or accept your apology, that's their fault. End of story. Uh, I found over the years that the best way to apologize to someone is to not to explain, but to recognize your impact. Uh, so the first step in an apology is to apologize and recognize the effect of whatever it is had on the other person. And then after it starts to diffuse a little bit, then you can explain the original intention. And that I found has been really, really good from my family, my, my partner, people like my friends approaching an apology from that standpoint of recognizing impact before intent is a very humanistic way to diffuse conflict like that. Um, but I definitely feel you with, um, everything going on here, but it sounds like you're going through a lot of very literal self-harm and you're also experiencing eating disorder by preventing yourself from eating, including water, not drinking water can literally kill you. Like, please, I get it. I've been there. I, I have survived anorexia. Please, please consume sustenance. Please, I beg you. Uh, if this is a thing that you don't feel you can stop, the correct place to look for help is the hospital. Like, I'm not being facetious. I've been to the psychiatric hospital three times in my life. And that is the intervention that I, and I use that word very literally, that's the intervention that I needed in my life. That is the emergency crisis care that I needed to kickstart my recovery to be a healthy human being. And here I am. Baby Summer Girl, uh, Baby Summer Girl says it's not all horror stories. That is correct. I actually have almost nothing but positive stories and very wholesome experiences. Obviously, your mileage may vary based on the doctors, based on the facility. But at the end of the day, if you are depriving yourself of food and punishing yourself, that is self-harm and eating disorder. And you need to you, you need to talk to a doctor. You need professional help. And I say that with the most love that I can possibly deliver through my microphone. Uh, Fani, we have three minutes and 15 seconds left. I want a talking stick really quick because I don't want to hog the whole topic. Of course. <clears throat> and I know that we've talked about, a like apologizing before on the, on the podcast and you summed mm -hmm. up, uh, exactly what we talked about before in the most perfect way of like, whenever you apologize, if you do feel the need to apologize for something, um, it's, I know that I've wronged you in X specific way. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. That's it. That should be all that's needed. If the person that you're apologizing to is like, mm, sorry, that's not good enough. <sighs> There's a good chance that you, the, whatever you do uh, isn't going to please them mm -hmm. for any good reason. Um, and it's okay to step away from that person and be like, hey, this is not working for my mental health. Um, 
And then there's those situations where it's like you, you perceive that you might have wronged someone and then you go to punish yourself for it without them having signaled to you that that's a thing that's needed. And you kind of have to like maybe talk to a therapist, maybe do some more thinking about which situations tend to trigger you, which ones need to be worked on. Um, Cause yeah, in, in my experience, there would be those times where I like, I make a little the social slip up. Like I, I say something weird and I'm like, well shit, I guess I can't be friends with these people anymore because I fucked up. Um, mm -hmm. And I had to work on that and be like, oh, no, that's me. That's just me. Um, that is me feeling that way. No one told me that I fucked up. So let's do therapy about it. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy's and, uh, great. Um, psychiatric hospitals are great. Uh, sometimes you got cool socks. Oh, you always leave with cool socks. I have a whole collection of grippy socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh -huh. I'm actually, uh, in my vanilla life, I'm working on like a, uh, like a writing, like a compilation of all my wonderful, uh, psych word stories. And it's really wholesome. Oh my God. Look in the chat. <laughs> this is a perfect way it's to end spaghetti. the spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I am face first in a giant bowl of spaghetti and the sauce is going everywhere in a high chair. That's hilarious. But okay, understand that the picture is entirely black and white. The illustration is entirely black and white. And Jazzy has her face mooshed into this bowl of black and white and red noodles. Yeah, so it looks like I'm it just... It looks like you're murdering something. It, it does. It looks like I'm, like, <laughs> like <laughs> caked in blood. It's kind of metal. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. I with, love it. Thank you, Juice. Uh, with 15 seconds left on the clock, thank you very much for the very, very serious, heavy question and for uh, trusting us with that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start the timer. If you are or mm -hmm. stop the timer, if you're coming back from your fast forward, welcome back. Uh, we're going to take a little <clears throat> we're going to take a detour and take one that's a little bit brighter in uh, okay. context. Kind of lift us up here, kind of help everyone feel uh, bring bring the energy back up, as it were. Uh, so this question comes from Baby Summer Girl. Pronouns she, her, dear Jazzy and Fani. I was wondering, is there a history behind your scene names? Ooh, you're gonna have to start this one off because I have to remember. <laughs> so uh, I've been using um, variations on the name Jasmine Starshine since 2009, and uh, before that, my scene name was Legolas. And, um, I, it Are you wasn't kidding. You're not kidding. I'm not Is kidding. Legolas. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. How, how do I, I love you so much more. Y you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, keep going. so, uh, my original scene name was Legolas back in 2009 and, or 2000, no, 2008. And if you do the math, you realize, wait, Jazzy, you were a minor. I sure was. And I've talked about that numerous times on the show about how when I was first dabbling in the Internet, that was before we as a community had like the, the social contract stated that, like, no, we will not have TBDL anywhere in our scene. Uh, so 
And a lot of people here in the scene have also that were born around the same era as me or before have been dabbling by way of the unrestricted, unfiltered Internet that we grew up with also got into the scene very early on in life. And that is obviously not a thing that is okay, but it is what it is. That is what happened moving on. So I've been, I think at first it was Jasmine Starlight. Maybe I think it was Jasmine star first, then Jasmine Starlight, then Jasmine Von Starlight. And then after that, uh, because and this is how Jasmine Starshine came to be, because uh, the name Jasmine Starshine was cemented in place in uh, 2011. Yes, 2011 is when I locked in Jasmine Starshine. Uh, I I just got a PS3, and I was making my PSN name, and. Um, I believe I didn't have enough letters available for Jasmine von Starlight and Jasmine Starlight was also taken. So I was thinking to myself, I, you know, setting up my PlayStation on my CRT television. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to call myself? Let's try it. Let's see if Jasmine Starshine is available. And it went through. So since then, because of PSN, the PlayStation network, I have been Jasmine Starshine uh, ever since then. Uh, and I've been rocking that name for 12 years now. Uh, I did take a little hiatus from the furry fandom for a little while. Uh, I think like two or three years, that's when I was balls deep in the brony fandom. And then when I, when my little pony started like getting a little bit fashy, that's when I left and then, uh, rejoined the furry community and, you know, kind of re-entered as Jasmine Starshine. And I've been, you know, going to it from there. <laughs> Summer says 50 points to the Starshine house. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, so that is the story of my scene name. Fonny, I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I also have a question for you. Is yes. Jasmine Starlight, Jasmine, like the, the name Jasmine, is that something that you picked for yourself? Um, like, what is the timeline of your, like, real life name? And Jasmine, so, which one came first? Uh, Jasmine came first. Uh, Jasmine came in, like, 2009 or so. And I did not choose my name redacted name until uh, I didn't even know I was trans yet. I didn't even know that trans was a thing that existed back in 2008, 2009. I didn't even Uh know that I was queer yet. Uh, I, I did figure out I was queer around the same time I created Jasmine Starshine or just Jasmine at the time. And I really think it should have been a clue that, (laughs) that all the names that I was choosing were more femme presenting names to begin with. But Mm-hmm. It's funny because all of the I actually I've joked with personalities about this. All of the characters are right that I write have J names and are more femme androgynous, kind of like nebulous. Like there's in in the stories I write, I have a Jasper, I have a Jade, I have J spelled J E I, and I have Jasmine. I also have Jazzy, which is 
uh, you know, portmanteau of Jasmine. So I have like these five J names and they're all different flavors of me. <laughs> mm. And well, that's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering, like, was Jasmine ever in the running for your real name, like your legal name? It was. It was in the running for my legal name. Uh, I eventually settled on the name that I chose for my legal name because it is one really close to my dead name. Uh, two, it has significant uh, cultural relevance. And then three, the reason why I chose my um, my uh, the legal name that I did was so my grandmother could keep the same pet name nickname for me. And so she could. Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. So while she was learning my new name and pronouns getting used to them, she could just default to using my nickname and still be correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I know a little too much, of course. Um, so this this all makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for answering my questions. That, yeah, because I was like, wait, Jasmine isn't your legal name. You know, it's, it's funny because <laughs> I got mail from someone and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who is this? Sophie had the same exact experience and I actually had to show her my driver's license at Capcom. I was like, Jasmine's not my real name. And she was, oh my God, she was sent. She was unable to handle. She's like, my life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've just uh, posted the, the PayPal symbol. Um, with the words to dead name from dead name with two emoji people with their eyes closed, both saying, I do not see it handing money from one to the other. <laughs> I love that meme so much. Yeah. I see it every once in a while and I just, I have to laugh. I'm just like PayPal names mean nothing to me anymore. It, it's so true. PayPal names. I just like, I literally don't even look at them because they're just never correct. I look at the email address um, yeah, which is funny because you and I have exchanged currency on PayPal before, and you also have a Christmas card from my family. By my family, yes. I mean me, Gray, and our two loving uh, furred babies who shit everywhere. Uh, so you have like the full T on my dead name and my real name, and so you know exactly yeah. what I was talking about when I was uh, saying the scene name stuff. Exactly. And I have your Christmas card on my dresser still. Oh, thank you. It just sits beside my jewelry box because it's so freaking cute. Oh, so for context, the Christmas card that I sent Fonny and a bunch of other friends has um, it's me and Gray and our pet rat and our pet cat. And all of us are wearing matching pajamas under our Christmas mm-hmm. tree. It, it's very, very cute. Uh, but Fonny. I want to hear about your scene name. Okay. Um, also, I got an exciting message from Name Redacted, who I will be sleeping with. So hang on. Oh, woof. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so while you're looking at that, Juice. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, I'm going to have to change my um, my fucking Discord picture. Hey, Juice, can you give me an icon sized image of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god anyways um no we have okay, to so alt text this first we have to time. alt text this first <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> so jazzy's a saxophone 
with a little tuft of hair <laughs> coming out of the reed and my mouth is like the sound hole and I'm wearing little glasses and there's a, a speech bubble with a little music note and I, it looks like I'm talking like pontificating on a question <laughs> so my whole head is a saxophone yeah, you've got a regular human body and you're gesturing like you're talking to me and I've got my hands together sitting next to you. I also have a regular human body, but a photorealist. Oh, it should also be said that your head is a photorealistic saxophone. It is. It is a PNG of a saxophone. And I have a photorealistic beer with glasses and hair. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> this is I talk like the adults in Peanuts. <laughs> yeah perfect yes glacia it is called a sound hole i hate it too the the actual construction like the artifice around the hole is called the bell but the hole itself is called the sound hole what is this show great brass Hey, I'm quite a sexy sax, if you know what I mean. I'll back to dear sexy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have to go back in time. Um, oh, God. So my, my scene name. I don't remember if I ever had one for like any of the, the Foxtails Dimes or A-Disc or anything like that. You were an A-Disc too? Yo! I was... I'm 30. Um, I was going to say everyone over a certain age was on a disc, a <laughs> disc gang. Uh huh. Um, but I do remember my first deviant art name. Uh, it was Rosehip T, and it was just because I was like, oh, that's elegant and cute, and um, like all the packaging that I've ever seen for Rosehip T was all like cute and fancy and everything, like very you know like 2012 Tumblr. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm Rose Up Tea. And then I made friends with a couple of people, one of them being Pizza Bagel. And Pizza Bagel has a character named Rosie. Or at the time had a like a self-insert character named Rosie. And people also called me Rosie. And it got confusing because I was friends with Pizza Bagel. And I was like, I should probably change my name because I'm the newer one here. And you've been here longer. And I'm just going to be something different because I'm not really feeling Rose Up Tea anyways. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to be? Uh, Fawny. That's it. Yep, Fawny. Um, I like deer, and it's cute, and I'm just gonna put the letters ABDL after my name, uh, so that people know what I do. <clears throat> and there and it is. And here we are, however many years later. Oh God, how many years has it been? Like ten? Yeah. Eight or nine, at least. Once you settle on a good scene name, you just you just sit on it. Yeah. Honestly, and then there's a couple of people in real life now that are just like, it's funny. Like, I go see them in real life and they know my name. Um, it is definitely not a secret with them. But yeah. Archie calls me Fawns. Fawns. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Aww. that's fine. <laughs> I like it. Do you have people around you in real life that call you Jazzy or Jasmine? I do. Joe is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he knows very intimate details of my personal life and calls me Jesse. I'm like, you are in line to meet my parents and you 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 can you can call me name redacted. <clears throat> 
Oh, Ethan says it takes a lot of effort to not use funny in meat space. It's it's I so wish true. Use ma'am more often. Ooh, ooh, you got called out. But yeah, no, ah. I. <laughs> oh, he's blushing. He's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> I feel the same way with uh, um, with the puddle gums and with the starlings. It's just like I communicate with them so often, and the name that I see is their scene name that it takes a lot of effort to be like, Oh, I know your real name, but my brain's not making the connection. That's what happens in my subconscious and my brain spits mm-hmm. out the scene name. I'm like, fuck damn it. We are chosen family. I should be using your real name. Uh, yeah. Yes, there is uh baby summer asked, isn't there a third star themed house? Uh, that is in relation to the three houses and it is a, a little it's it's like our little like found family kind of like extended family so the starlings uh which is the sophie and pudding crew the usual back crew that whole posse those are my chosen family cousins uh the puddle gums are uh this is where it gets confusing don't read into it just accept it the puddle gums which are tonki nif ruka oya <clears throat> those are uh, uncle and then big brother, big sister, that sort of thing. And then star shine is the third house, which is me and gray. And so together we are like a, <laughs> yeah, this is jazzy lore. Yeah. You're getting the lore of my extended family. Um, so together that is like the, the quote three houses family. Um, it's not, it's not a click despite what some people may think it's not a friend circle that you can gain access to. It's literally just our chosen family. Don't worry about it. Uh, but those are the three houses. Uh, there's not a third star one. It's just puddle gum. And so we have like little crest insignias. It's really cute. There's actually a really talented cross stitcher who is making, uh, actual like stitch crests for all of us. And I'm really, really excited. Uh, Oh, I should show you the, the cross stitch cross stitched, uh, badge that I made for myself. Please do. Uh, so while you're doing that, uh, I promise that I would hype them up on the show here. I'm just trying to find their specific username. Uh, so, and I promised I would hype them. Uh, this is from Elquis, otherwise known as Tildy, T-I-L-D-Y, on the SMP server. Uh, so they do custom cross-stitch, and you should throw money at them. And when it's done, I will happily show everyone here. Was that enough time? Also, funny story. Yeah? Um, yes, yes, I'm back. Okay. <clears throat> Thank goodness I actually knew where this one was. But um, here, I'll turn on my camera so that the people in the chat can see. Hello. Hello. Um, I made. Oh, shit. I'm <gasps> sitting on it. Oh. I made a rosette <clears throat> with a oh little cross deer in the middle. Oh, my God. Oh, fun. Yeah, so it's got little ribbons at the bottom. And it's pretty cute. It was a pain in the ass to make. And I made four of them um, for the friends that I had at the time. Unfortunately, we've split ways now, but they still have the cutest little rosettes that I see pop up in their photos from time to time. Aw. So I made good rosettes. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, funny story. So completely unprompted, completely without knowing who you were or anything like that. I've got the the one boyfriend um, across the way, right? Um, across the mm-hmm. way as in across the border. Right. <laughs> it's just over there, you know? Yeah. Um, I call him my starlight. Mm-hmm. He calls me baby starshine. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I laugh every time because I'm like, I'm... I'm also a starshine. Ah. Oh, <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's adorable. Both of us have star tattoos on us, and we were like, "Yeah, that's kind of our motif." Oh so. my god, that is so blessed. Mm-hmm. I had and, uh, so no the idea. other day, uh, I got to see Name Redacted um, very briefly, and I was wearing my star pants, and he called me Starbutt, and I liked it. Nice. <laughs> In the pre-show, Fani showed us the star pants, and they are popping. Yeah, I should put them on, uh, or like take pictures in them at some point, so you can see the side detailing too. But, anyways, okay, so that was the the name question. I think I covered everything. I don't know. the The past is very fuzzy. Indeed. So you got what I had. Wonderful. Uh, I had, um, a question for you. Me? Yes. We have been recording for almost an hour and 30 minutes. And I, as you know, I'm under the weather. I'm starting to wear down a little bit. So I was going to ask if, if I could read the last question for the night, which would be the MCR related question towards the bottom. Mm. Yes, of course. Excellent. Uh, unless there's any others that you like very urgently wanted to answer tonight. No, I think the ones that we have left are a wonderful set for the next episode. Wonderful. I'm glad you agree. All right. This last question, that case comes from Princess Jill pronouns. She, her, dear Jazzy, how would you rank my Kim's albums from worst to best. I'm a newish fan and curious. How do you rank them? Welcome to the wide world of my chemical romance. I'll be your guide an unrepentant emo kid who lived through the golden age of that era. Just as you did Fonny. Uh, here's the thing. I live shit, eat, breathe and die. MCR. I love them. They do not have a worst album. They just have one album that is an outlier from the rest of them that is still good, but is different in vibe and in scope. Uh, So really quick. um, I think that Danger Days is an album is the album that is a little bit different from their other albums. It's not bad. It's just different. Uh, their other albums are, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love, which is usually shortened to bullets, three cheers for sweet revenge, which is shortened to three cheers or the black parade, which is shortened to, you know, the black parade. Um, I think those three are on equal footing in terms of being absolutely fucking incredible. Gray's favorite album is bullets. I find myself returning to bullets and three cheers most often um 
a lot of people, their absolute favorite is the Black Parade. Those three are on equal footing my favorites. Um, I will happily interchangeably listen to all of those songs. Um, I think the best way to get a good view of MCR as a band is to watch the documentary Life on the Murder Scene. It is a film that I have seen no less than 30 times. It is my favorite movie ever made standing tied with Amadeus, which is really saying something. Uh, it follows the band from their inception all the way to uh, 2006, right before the Black Parade. So through the Bullets era and through the um, Three Cheers era. And that will give you so much background context for not only the band and their background and why they're so important, but also sets the stage and the background context for the black parade. Um, I say, I think the best way to experience MCR is to listen to their albums in order. Um, and then definitely watch life on the murder scene. I think it's required viewing for, a new MCR fan just because it's so profound and goes so in depth about the creative process and like the struggles that they went through as a band and like Gerard Way's uh, struggle with addiction. And just, it's so fucking cool. Um, funny. Oh, and, and I... one, one more thing. I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot possibly overstate just how culturally impactive they were when Fonny and I were kids, these albums were ubiquitous. They were very culturally important to youth in the Western world. They were everywhere, uh, that you could not escape them. They were for a short time, the biggest bands in the world or the biggest band in the world. It was inc it was an incredible time to be going through middle school. So if I wax romantic about MCR, that is why. Also, when I saw them last year, Gerard Way came trotting out in a little skimpy little maid's uniform, like a little nurse uniform. And I was just like, you go, bitch. Fonny, talking stick, please tell us about your opinions on MCR. I never got into them as a kid, but all of my other classmates did i was a good charlotte girl fuck yeah fuck yeah and that was it <laughs> good charlotte slapped ferociously though yes and they, they still kind of do like i um, think they still slap like that was the rich and famous uh oh yeah yeah no i will sing that one in the shower oh yeah but uh, i i am very aware of the impact that mcr had like even in the places that i grew up in canada um absolutely everywhere like at least a quarter of my classmates had pieces of clothing with MCR on them. Oh yeah. There was that one girl. Absolutely. Who was just like MCR is her entire life. She's got all the t-shirts. She draws the little logo on everything that she owns and stuff like that. So, yep. You know, it was around. <laughs> Summer says that's chassis. I was literally about to say that that's me. <laughs> that, yeah. that was me with yeah, the MCR. girl that I knew. In elementary school, who was obsessed with MCR, was named Jasmine. Really? Yeah, she lived down the way from me. How about that? Yeah. Huh. Small world. Small yeah. world. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was that way also with AFI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
they are also familiar with them, but like never had any of their albums or anything. And this was back when, like, if you wanted an album, you either had the cassette or the CD. Right. Exactly. If you were a rich kid uh, or just like a kid with a little bit more um, who had parents of a higher socioeconomic class and had an iPod and you had money that you could spend on iTunes, you could do that. My relatives pitched oh, together and got me about like 2008. Uh, the original iPod was 2001 iPod. Wait, really? What? Oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. iPod's been around like... a very long time. Whoa. Let's see. <clears throat> okay, Now I want to know. Now I really want to know because it was just discontinued. Yeah, no, release date 2001, the end of 2001. Yeah. So my family oh, pitched God, together so uh, to get me an iPod Nano when I was like in fifth grade and also a lot of my allowance money and yard mowing money. We were, we were determined to get this fucking iPod. And, um, have you, wait, Jazzy, have you heard the group versus me? Is that a band? Let's see. Versus me. It's a band. Okay. Uh, versus a four-piece American metalcore band from Janesville, Wisconsin, formed in 2014. No. Oh. They have a single featuring Craig from Escape the Fate. I like that. I love Escape the Fate. That slaps ferociously. I'm going to check that out later. Um, but yeah, no. And I remember the first songs that I got for that iPod was the December underground album. And that was when albums like a CD would cost you around, like they were starting to get expensive and some like deluxe editions were like $18. So I saved up so much money (laughs) to get December underground and it was mm, so good. Uh, I, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I, I went off. I was so excited to share That's okay. I went down the rabbit hole and I figured out that I got my first iPod in 2008. And that's why I think that everyone's iPod was originally from 2008. I see. I see. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to delayed on my iPod growth. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm delayed on laughing at the juice art that went up before we started talking about MCR. Uh, (laughs) It's juice with a literal juice box for his head and he's leaking juice onto his paper and he's and he's thinking fucking shit <laughs> and that's exactly as juice would say it yeah just that fucking shit fucking shit yeah <laughs> very yeah. on character very in character all right uh okay i have checked marked that question yeah that is all we've got for this time i'm going to go take a very relaxing warm bath funny that sounds amazing thank you i i feel like it will soothe my jangled bones and my uh the the rest of me and my headache hopefully um can you please tell us how people can give you money you can give me money uh, right into my hands. Please drop your change here. I will use it on responsible things. I swear I won't spend it all on gin. But, um, <laughs> Sorry. But no, more seriously. Um, how can you give me money? You can buy my stuff uh, at Etsy.com slash assorted crinkles. I run a store with juice box right now. Um, we're probably going to be adding more things by the time Capcom rolls around. Um, 
So keep an eye on it. Etsy.com slash assorted crinkles. Uh, other than that, I can give you my email address, my PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yep. Um, tips are very appreciated, but not necessary. And uh, you can also buy merchandise at the store that uh, Jazzy is going to talk about in just a second. Um, at the place where our, our link trees are held. I sure am. And I have been Jasmine Starshine. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in to Dear Jazzy. Uh, like I said, I've been very, like my brain's been very foggy. I've, <laughs> I, I literally just flatlined as soon as I said, and I am Jasmine Starshine. Um, definitely check out uh, Sorted Crinkles. Check out Tonky's Commissions. Uh, check out Tildy's cross stitch commissions as well. Lots of amazing, amazing artists in our scene. And I feel like we don't talk about, or at least I don't talk about the merch store enough as I, as I probably should, but, uh, there's a lot of really, really good, uh, I, in my opinion, in my biased opinion, there's some, there's some funny and good art up on there. Um, the people who create the art that go on that goes onto the merch, uh, they make half of the profit from that merchandise. So if you want to support the show and uh, artists in the scene, that's a great way to do it. Um, my brain is flatlining again, so I'm just going to go into the spiel that I do, which is Dear Jazzy's at oddswithgod.com production. Please visit us online at, at oddswithgod.com, where you can visit my links, Fonny's links, and everything related to this show and everything else that we do in this scene. I have been an under-the-weather Jasmine Starshine. As always, I've been Fonny ABDL. And we will see you next time. Bye. Good night. If farewell. Bye. Off to Zane. Go to bed. Adieu. Go sleep. Get off the plane. Close your eyes. <laughs> Keep them closed. I better hear snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come check on you every 15 minutes until you're sleeping. So help me God if I see the glow of your iPod touch and slap you silly. <laughs> I took the, the batteries out of your flashlight. Oh, no more reading. Bella Sarah. Ha <laughs> ha. No more reading. Goosebumps under the covers for you. <laughs> good night. But actually, no, I would never do that to a child. Reading is good for you. Anyways, good night. Good night. <laughs> Yesterday, in real life, I used the phrase increase the decrease. Increase the decrease. Everyone was lost. <laughs> it's funny because I know exactly what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> right?